It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on and welcome to episode number 1009. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Uh, Yeah, what episode 1009 of Locked on Raptors for what day is it? Thursday, uh, August 26th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. Please go hit that subscribe button if you are new to the YouTube family. And welcome to all the new listeners we've picked up on YouTube. It's lots of new faces and people to interact with, which is very, very nice. And speaking of new faces, uh, on today's show, we have a first-time guest as promised off the top in the cold open a norman powell aficionado and a wonderful music writer with bylines all over the place it is sarah mcdonald sarah how are you i'm great overly eager to say hello but i'm great how are you (laughs) no that's okay i should have told you that i still have uh, to hear my own voice for a little bit more before bringing in the guest because i'm vain like that uh (laughs) no i'm just like i'm ready to jump in i'm ready to talk about stuff and it's like Mm -hmm. i'm so amped because it's what the morning? Am I allowed to say that it's the morning? Like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we're recording okay, in the morning. Great. I have my coffee yeah, it's right here. In the morning, I'm like, this sl- is... while slugging away on this throughout the show. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, Sarah, we're, we're very, very happy to have you. As I promised in the cold open, which you didn't hear if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, uh, we are doing a very special concept episode today. We've done a lot of episodes like this in the past where we kind of deviate from the regular, oh, let's break down how the pick and roll coverage is looking on defense or whatever that it is we talk about. Uh, and, you know, have a little pop culture crossover. Last summer, you may recall, we did a big two-part episode with Kelsey O'Brien and Coco Baskets, the wonderful Toronto drag queen, comparing Raptors players to uh, RuPaul's Drag Race contestants. This is based Basically, in that same vein, we're having some fun today. Uh, and Sarah, as a wonderful music writer, was so gracious to join the show when I pitched this very, very silly idea to her. Those who listen to this show know that I'm maybe not like the biggest music person. I kind of rotate around the same 25 albums. Just so happens that about 20 of those albums are from the time between 2000 and 2010 in the indie rock scene. And Sarah, you are uh, extremely well-versed in this department. And so on today's show, we are going to assign some music listening homework for the Toronto Raptors going into this season to prepare them for the season to come to maybe sort of fine-tune their games, their spirits, whatever it is. Uh, And, you know, I I could not think of a better person to have on to talk about this stuff. I guess before we dive into some players here, what is your relationship with this era of indie rock music? Um, Well, I'm perpetually 17 so I think that's the the strongest case that I have uh for this era of music but I guess it's like obviously it's when I came of age um 
it's it's probably like the most boring like i love this music because this is what was around when i was like 15 16 17 but mm -hmm. yeah like i bought um the strokes room on fire the summer of like 2004 and mm -hmm. it's like just changed my life um yeah it was i grew up in kitchener so it's like i mean jamal murray aside but it was such a boring place. Like it's such a boring suburban place. And now it's this like tech hub and it's starting to get cool. And like, I don't know how I feel about that because like mm -hmm. this music was my refuge thinking about New York, thinking about even Las Vegas, thinking about London. Like that's, that's where sure. like my imagination went. So yeah. Um, great, great era. Happy that everybody loves it again, <laughs> even though it was like 20 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> but <laughs> here we are. It's, I mean, the style of the 90s is back, Sarah. These things are all cyclical. I'm very glad that the era of music that I know the most, which is not saying much, really, uh, is the one that's back in vogue. It's great. Um, so, yeah, on today's show, we're going to dig into, this is going to be a two-part episode, by the way, because uh, Sarah and I were going back and forth in the DMs planning the show, and we are like, oh my god, this is just going to take too long, and we need too much time devoted to this. So, we are going to go uh, two parts here, and we're going to address six main players on each episode, and then probably in the back part of the second episode, we'll just throw in some quick hitters on some of the back of the roster guys. Uh, but we're going to hit on the main guys, uh, and we're also going to talk about Kyle Lowry today, because Kyle Lowry is uh, very important, and is going to need some musical homework and therapy going in to his new season where Jimmy Butler is going to be screaming at him all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the players are going to hit on today, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, Kem Birch, and Ishmael Wainwright, who I think is an interesting one we'll get to in the back part of the show. But Sarah, let's begin our odyssey here with Fred Van Vliet, shall we? He is the new face of the team. He was the topic of Monday's episode of the podcast, which you can go watch or listen to, by the way. And he is now kind of the, uh, you know, he's, he's got the keys to the franchise. Do you have a musical selection from the indie rock era between 2000 and 2010 to be as specific as we possibly can uh, for Fred Van Vliet to uh, get himself geared up for this very new type of season for him in Toronto? Yes, I picked Old World's Underground, where now by Metric, which I think is like their best album sure. to me, you know, like Combat Baby, Successy, and um, I'm really bad at remembering uh, song titles. Just give me a second here. Um, there's just so <laughs> many that are in my brain. But there's just something about this record that I think that, like, Metric obviously came out of the, the same sort of like Toronto. Uh, rock scene is like broken social scene and Feist and they still have that like loose connection with stars and stuff and that like sure. I think this record especially is the one that it really introduced them in a new way and in, in a new sort of powerful way so what I want is for Fred to listen to songs like um, <laughs> Dead Disco <laughs> <And> just, like, <laughs> I just can't imagine like making these the making these lists at all were just like it was so much fun but just like imagining these players <laughs> listening to these albums and I'm like yeah you guys are really gonna love maps or something like that but <laughs> just imagining like Fred listening to like dead disco and just starting to dance or like calculation mm -hmm. theme or something but anyway um I picked this record because I think that Fred is in this new era and he's doing this and he has to define himself and so I picked and I feel like this is the record where Metric obviously define themselves outside of 
everybody else. You know, like there's Live It Out and and then the album oh, Fantasies, I think that everybody loved. I didn't really love it that much, but um, <laughs> Old World Underground is is my number one. So that's my pick for Fred. That's a really good pick. Uh, I also made some picks. We're going to defer to you as being the the final like arbiter on what the actual pick is here. And I, your list is gold to me. I just wanted to throw some suggestions in because no, it was a I fun think exercise it's great. that I felt no. left out. Uh, but like, it's great. I should, I let's let's say, like let's debate it. You know, like let's let's be like, <laughs> yeah. which is the better Ots album? Because we're definitely in our thirties, and this is what yeah. we're doing. Let's bring this to first take. This feels like winning television on ESPN. They've got some <laughs> vacancies, as I've heard. Um, but dishes so, and dimes. Yeah, gonna move past there. Yes, dishes and dimes would be a much better choice, actually, than yeah. uh, anything involving me. Um, so my pick here. So my sort of methodology here is I have, like I said, kind of a set rotation of albums I listen to. There's a lot of stuff I haven't listened to. Sarah, I want to thank you for informing my cooking listening all week long because you sent your list over. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of this band or this band. I'm going to go listen to these now. So I took a collection of my favorite albums from the era and kind of reverse engineered and then assigned them to a player as best as I could. Uh, and for Fred Van Vliet, I went with The Con by Tegan and Sarah, uh, Honestly, mostly for the so title track. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Why, why is that? Because, it, I mean, you go first and tell me why you okay. picked it. but. I have like, I love it. And I think mm -hmm. I can make a connection between like him and Kyle with this record. Yes, that's where I'm going with this is okay. in particular, the title track, The Con is about sort of like not really being able to let go to a past love. And my concern, the reason I want this to be the listening for Fred Van Vliet is, you know, I think there's the possibility that he goes into this season sort of still thinking about the shadow of Kyle Lowry, still like mm -hmm. looking over his shoulder to see if Kyle's there to put an arm around it. And he's not going to be there. And I think you can fall in a pretty bad trap of not being able to move on from you know a very important relationship when you've got new things to worry about and so i would say give this a spin fred go dance around to the con hit the high notes when you're singing it in the car and uh you know ensure that you're going to go into this season kind of it's a bit of a, a warning tale i suppose of what happens if you do get hung up and i think fred needs to kind of do his best to free himself of any um, you know, specter of Kyle going into the season because it's his team now and, and it should be his team and he's earned it and all that. Um, why were you surprised that this was my choice? Oh, it's just, um, it's it's so emotional. Like the con is hmm. such a heavy record. But now hearing you explain it, like I, I totally get where you're coming from, that it's, that he's going to go into this season without his mentor and mm -hmm. now he has to do all of this on his it's not really on his own because he still has pascal and yeah. um og and and like the relationships that he's built with like the other players but i'm just like picturing him listening to con or you'll hear me say this a lot i'm just like the the song selections of the, and the players just like will you actually listen to this and what it would be like <laughs> i just like Fred listening to like 19 or something it's 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 just it's a beautiful image to me but so emotional so I love that you went like emo right off the top hey uh there's I, I know the the scene of the indie rock uh era and also uh, give me some uh, emo stuff and I will probably have heard it as well and uh moshed to it at some point at a concert um Let's uh, move on here to a heavy one. Speaking of heavy records, uh, let's talk about Kyle Lowry off the top. He feels like a, a good spot in concert with discussing Fred here in the top block. 
Kyle Lowry was a difficult one. I think we both kind of had mm -hmm. some trouble figuring out exactly what album to pin to him. Obviously, this is going to be him kind of looking back on his time in Toronto, getting ready for a new challenge in Miami. What is the album you have chosen to uh, assign to Kyle to listen to to get ready for this season, his first outside of Toronto in a decade? Uh, I went with the Yeah, yeah Yeah's like big breakup album, Show Your Bones, which okay. is the sophomore, um, like obviously from Fever to Tell. And I mean, Fever to Tell has all of those elements too with maps and like modern romance. And, but Show Your Bones is so, I think mature in a way that some of those songs weren't like is like leaving a relationship it's leaving spike jones but it's it's like listening to cheated hearts and you know like save your you know wedding rings for another day but like i know you, the the themes can't be exactly be precisely pinned down to kyle lowry and like he's such an enormous figure but i really felt like the enormity of moving on and having to make that decision and what endings will look like with between him and a team that that's why i picked this record i think like we, you know, we all struggle with endings because I mm -hmm. think humans just naturally do that. And I definitely did, even though we all knew in some way that he was going to be leaving. It's still hard and yeah. it's still difficult for me. And I can and it, it, just kind of jumping off of what you said about the con and like having the specter of Kyle Lowry around Fred, this ghostly figure, I think that the, this sort of fits really well into that. And there's also like phenomenon and like, or phenomenon, sorry. And it, that's what Kyle is to me. Like he's this phenomenal <laughs> person. And I think that that also, like it has a lot of the grit to it as well, um, which is like this like, I've taken a bullshit type of stuff, which is like Kyle Lowry, but still mm -hmm. really heavy and hard. I, I lost him to Florida permanently and I'm distraught about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all it's are. It's unfair. <laughs> uh, that's a really good pick. The one I went with for Kyle is, um, you know, I, I had trouble with this one. And there was an album I wanted to work in because it's my favorite album of the era. And I figured, hey, maybe this attaches nicely to my favorite Raptor of all time. And also, <laughs> I was listening to the album last night, which, man, this exercise was wonderful for listening all week long. This had the best time. Um, but... I was listening last night and the album I've chosen for Kyle is Dear Science by TV on the radio. They're my favorite band from this era. This is probably my favorite album of theirs. I do like nine times the light, but not nine types of light, but that's after 2010. So this it's out of the, uh, the, the sort of criteria we're looking at here. Dear Science is really, really good. Obviously there's like a good sort of collection of more emotional songs and just like upbeat, happy songs. And there's a couple though that really stand out to kind of describe the Kyle experience and feelings right now. And I think the one that really kind of hit me listening, uh, look, did I kind of get emotional thinking about Kyle Larry while listening to Stork and Owl by TV on the radio? Yes, I did. That, that <laughs> happened last night. Stork and Owl is this song about sort of how, you know, a life may be coming to an end, but that doesn't mean that there's destruction left behind. It can be, you know, a sort of accepted and peaceful end and leave, leave, leave room for new things to blossom in its place. And that very much touches a chord, I think, in the whole Kyle Lowry conversation. So that's where I went. 
TV on the radio, very good and cool and awesome band. I wanted to have them in here somewhere. And there's no better, no more fitting player than I, I think Kyle Lowry. Plus, you get like Golden Age. It's just like so on the nose. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Raptors, Golden Age, all that stuff. Um, it just kind of lines up for me. But uh, is that an insane pick? Am I, am I off the board no. here? Right where are you at? I mean, I think that when you when you think of like the canon of uh, this era, you have a, a few bands that just sit at the top. And TV on the radio, I think, is one of, not the most underrated, but I think they fall a lot lower. I love the Strokes so much, but do they mm-hmm. deserve to be at the top and TV on the radio doesn't? So it is that sort of sure. argument of who is actually great. And I think that that's fitting for Kyle Lowry because I think we think that he's like the best player. I personally think he's the best basketball player of all time. And that's my personal <laughs> bias. But it's the same thing where you're like, you love TV on the radio. They're not as ubiquitous as some of these other mm-hmm. bands. And I think that, that it fits with that. Yeah, I think um, you could argue that like Kyle's finals turn is like uh, their their Wolf Like Me performance on what was it, Night <laughs> Show or something like that, like where they kind of, it was a Conan where they really hit it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to continue on here. Uh, after the break, we are going to dig into Pascal Siakam and Chris Boucher, a couple of very interesting choices. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Sweat Block. Look, it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about, excessive sweating people go through it and no one likes it and it's like 45 degrees out today so you're probably feeling it if this is something you deal with uh either you know sometimes or all the time you're certainly dealing with it today some of you may know that i have dealt with this as well when i speak in public when i'm on tv i have to choose the color of shirt i wear very carefully it's a mess it's terrible i don't like it but sweat block is here to help with their antiperspirant wipes and deodorant as well. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You could simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. They have a dry shirt guarantee, meaning you get your money back if you're unsatisfied. That is amazing. I know it sounds too good to be true, but literally I have only had to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. I'm a customer. It's great. I, I can I vouch for the product. It is wonderful. No more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. I can wear orange again. It's wonderful. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you got to check out Sweatblock. Get it today at, for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CBS. Today's show is also brought to you by Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you watch, catch the game live, another that's letting you stream and watch your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way you can get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way is to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV on-demand favorites together your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means more, no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the many, many apps and remotes and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Contents vary by package. All right, let's continue on here, Sarah, with the next couple of players we have on this rundown of uh, guys we need to give musical homework to. Pascal Siakam. <laughs> let's go with 
Pascal, a very complex figure, uh, a, a very sort of up and down roller coaster career, a sympathetic figure in a lot of ways as well, because I think a lot mm -hmm. of the score directed his way is uh, completely unearned. Uh, Sarah, what's the album you've assigned here to Pascal Siakam to get him through and prepared for this upcoming season? Of course, as he's currently going through rehab with shoulder surgery as well. I, I love that you're just like, listen, and through it. Like, let's, let's, let's be off him for a little bit. Um, so, so the record I picked is uh, The Future Heads, um, self-titled from 2004. I love this record. It, so because Pascal has gone through such a difficult couple of years, like the mm. rest of us, but like particularly difficult in a way that like I'm ashamed of our fan base for yeah. being so mean to him but i think energy is the, is the word that i want to i really want him to take away from that and the, the, this record is frenetic it's amazing it's wonderful post-punk garage rock record and i don't know if if you'd ever listened to it before but they're such a great band um they're out of i always forget the little british towns that they're from i want to say <laughs> sunderland i'm probably wrong but anyway um they have this wonderful wonderful cover of Kate Bush's Hounds of Love that like that's the image that I want for Pascal I want him to just like be in this like wall of sound type of situation even though mm -hmm. it's not like a typical sound I want him to just blast so many cars shut everyone out dance his little heart out and just be happy again I think that's mm -hmm. that's the thing that's missing and I think this record would be good to get him back on track to that that is a really good one. Um, I did listen to this album this week, actually, because I'd never heard it before, and it, it kicked ass. It was a lovely listen while I was making <laughs> some food earlier this week. Um, so thank you for that. I went with uh, another one of my, I guess, probably my second favorite album from this era, and it is Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. Um, and I have a theory that, that was a the run order... <laughs> it was what? Sorry, puzzling? It was a, it was a puzzling one for me. Okay, well, here's, here's my... Like, let me give you this sort of vision here. This is an album, first of all, that has its kind of ups and downs. There's sort of somber, brooding songs. There's upbeat, sort of poppier tracks. There's a lot of anti-American sentiment, which I would imagine Pascal Siakam is probably feeling after this past year in Tampa Bay. My sort of <laughs> thinking is like, like I'm, I'm envisioning him listening to the end of Ashes of American Flags and going right into the amazing piano and drum kick of Heavy, heavy Metal Drummer. And that is the transition point between the Tampa season and this coming season. Like, I just want his soundtrack during his first warm-up of this year to be that drum kick of heavy metal drummer. Just boom. Do, do, do. And then he just moves on into a happier time. He's got I'm the man who loves you coming up after that. It's just going to be the heavy metal drummer and I'm the man who loves you season for Pascal Siakam, leaving behind the dregs of the three songs about war, uh, which is what you have in the previous three tracks on this album. I think the sort of more sort of brooding moments are kind of line up with his personality a little bit as well. I have Yankee Hotel Foxtrot for Pascal Siakam. You were surprised by this pick. Is my reasoning convinced you at all that I may be onto something here? Yeah, I think with that, the this I love how like our albums are just like, okay, you guys are in a new era. It's time to move on. And like that's basically the theme that we have here. Where I we're refuse. Just, like, I refuse. <laughs> but no, 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 I get it. I think like because I picked something that was like a higher energy, and then I, mm -hmm. and then you're okay, go. And I was like, okay, 
let's let's hear it. But now I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. I'm totally convinced. Excellent. I'm glad that I haven't uh, shown my ass and been too embarrassing with my selections. Again, I, I'm picking <laughs> oh from a gosh, pretty small no. pool of albums here, so <laughs> I, I did my best. Most it's actually of these kind are of my easy though. Too. Like yeah, these are all my enough. favorites too, and I feel like as as I am an expert on this era, it's like these are the records that I still love and listen to all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I took some normie picks. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with my choices. It's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, um, I was going to say something, but I forget. Let's move on to the next player. <laughs> How about that? We move on to Chris Boucher, Sarah. Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. an interesting sort of one-of-a-kind type player. Really nothing like him in the NBA, it seems. Who is your, or what is your album that you've assigned to Chris Boucher to prepare for this coming year? Uh, I gave him The Suburbs by Arcade Fire, and I know that okay. being a Montreal band to go with the one of two Montreal players is a little too on the nose, but I think that The Suburbs, it is, so like their entire discography to me is has always been so um, grand and mm-hmm. heavy with like Funeral and Neon Bible, but I think that The Suburbs is this record that kind of brings it down a little bit back to earth, which is how I feel about Chris Boucher. Like he is this extraordinary presence, but I also think that like you can say big things in a smaller way, which is what this record does to me, like Modern Man and um, Sprawl and um, Ready to Start and and such. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I I felt that that was a better pick than when I was thinking of the other Arcade Fire records. Like literally after the suburbs, like nothing else exists to me for Arcade Fire. But um, <laughs> so, so that I, re- was I regret to inform you that I'm a reflector appreciator. I feel gross about it, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went to one of their shows during the era of please dress up for our shows in Ottawa, Ontario, where, you know, lots of college age kids are definitely dressing up to go to shows. I did not dress up. Uh, I I went against the fandom. But um, yeah, wild stuff. Really weird that they used to do that. Uh, (laughs) But that's a very good pick. Uh, (laughs) My pick for Chris Boucher. You know, he's, again, kind of like a singularity type player. There's not really anything like him in the league between his sort of on-court production, this sort of frustrations that come with him. And I chose an album that has like a similar sort of franticness, I think, and a similar sort of artistic. Like it takes a little bit to appreciate Chris Boucher. And that is... Block Party's Silent Alarm. Again, one Mm -hmm. of my favorite albums from this era. Um, You know, I just feel like... It is. There's just like a lot of emotion to it. There's a lot of just like, you know, the drum kicks and stuff. It just feels kind of like Chris Boucher-y when I'm watching him play. It feels like you could have, I don't know, Like Eating Glass, like the opening part of Like Eating Glass, the instrumental interlude. That could be the soundtrack of Chris Boucher on the floor. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not feeling like terribly good about this pick. It's such a good album. And I, you know, I wanted to give it to like one of the stars of the team. I couldn't quite find the connection. But what do you think of this selection? No, I think it's great. And I also think you make a compelling point for it. It's like one of the best albums to come out of um, the UK at that time. And Mm -hmm. I also think that like Chris Boucher is going to have to be a compelling, you know, player on our team. Like, Mm -hmm. is he going to be our center? Like, is he going to be our starting center at this point? And is he going to be the one that like, and he proved it last year, but I think that like, it's such a big record that, and he also is, you know, like you said, like there's no one like him and he has this big personality and he also has this like confidence 
And um, I think like this, not underdog, underdog gets used a lot for this team, but this, like he has to still fight to, to prove it, I think. And mm-hmm. I think that this record is perfect for that. Awesome. I, I, I'm continuing to impress myself by not embarrassing myself. Yay. We have one more segment was, to go through. <laughs> I was on my short list and I was like so bummed that I didn't find a player for it. And I'm so glad mm. that you picked it. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I'm picking from a small pool of albums. It's likely that if you have a, <laughs> one that was popular at the time, it's on my list. Uh, we'll move on and get to a couple more players to close this thing out. Ken Birch and Ishmael Wainwright, I think, is an interesting one as well. Uh, we'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They have nine amazing flavors in their traditional lineup, including Cherry Barcia. There's a music reference. Also, Mint Brownie and Cookies and Cream orange strawberry there's a whole bunch of great ones you can try out if you're not sure which one is your favorite yet you can get a mixed box with two of each of the nine flavors and uh, figure out which one you want to order a full truckload worth of uh also all their bars are great tasting and they're also healthy for you too all the bars have either 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 which is not a lot much less than your standard candy bar only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs all amazing flavors all tasty all good for you i like to have them when i'm going for a workout it's a nice way to not feel too bogged down and also get the energy and fuel you need go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that is the promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off at built.com today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at betonline.ag it's that time of year and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus, meaning if you put in $100, you get $200 to play with and... If that wasn't good enough, they also have an opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100, all one word. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 100% welcome bonus. All right, Sarah, let's round this thing out. We've got Kem Birch on tap to uh, assign some musical listening to another Montreal fellow. Are you going with another Montreal band for Kem Birch? Yes, unfortunately. Um, I'm sticking no, to No, 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 it's here. good, because I know what album it is, and it rocks, so. <laughs> yeah, so I picked Apologies to Queen Mary from uh, Wolf Parade, and honestly, mm-hmm. like, I think it's a great record, but, like, the reason I picked it is the the drum intro on, oh, God, like, You Are Not My Father, I Am Not Your, I always, like, it's a long song title. But yeah, it's, it's a fallout boy ass title. Yeah. Uh. Yes. <laughs> but I just I love the drums. And so I think of that and I think of dunks. And then that's what I want for Kem Birch. Mm. Like it is a bit of a serious record. It travels all different things. It has ghosts on it as well. And I feel like there's this sort of like moving on type as, as this is clearly the thing that you and I are going with here is that everybody mm-hmm. has to move on and like move into this yeah. new space. But I love the energy of that track and there is a bit of a frantic 
a bit of a franticness to it as well. And so I just want Kem to like listen to it with his very, like he's very stoic to me. The man mm. like barely emotes in a way that's wonderful and it's so serious, but he has such power. And so the power of those drums, like that was, that was literally, it was like this, these Prussian, this Prussian Kem Birch, to me, that's perfect. That's a really good one. I like that a lot. That's also one of my favorite albums and a very good live show. If you've ever gotten to see Wolf Parade, highly recommend. Um, yes. For, yes. For me, my choice here was, uh, I lost it on my thing here. Um, who did I go with? Oh, I went with Neon Bible by uh, Arcade Fire, <laughs> second Arcade al Arcade Fire album to come here. The, the reason I went with this is, you know, Neon Bible is the second record from Arcade Fire. You know, obviously the first one is pretty grandiose on its own, and maybe you could easily go with that one. But I, I think the reason I'm going Neon Bible, it's the second one, Arcade Fire, freaking out a little bit more about what they can do. They're kind of mm -hmm. scaling things up just a little bit, trying some new things. And that really, to me, resembles Ken Birch's final 19 games with the Raptors, where he was kind of plugged in and they were like, hey, you seem to have some skills that the Magic just forgot about. Why don't you try it and see what you can do here? And that maybe leads into this season being his suburb season. I don't know. Maybe that's just that's kind of my line of thinking there. Um, you know, again, not one of the ones I feel strongest about in terms of the, uh, the, the thematic alignment there. But um, Neon Bible for Ken Birch. Thoughts, Sarah? It's a good, it's a good transitional record. Like, like I said, like mm. I'll, I acknowledge funeral neon Bible and the suburbs for, from arcade fire, but like funeral and the suburbs are so much stronger to me. So then, yeah, sure. this is, this is the year that you tested out. This is your development. This is let's figure out what we're trying to do here. And there is a bit of that strength. And I think you're right that mm -hmm. it can lead to something like the suburbs. Yes. I could also totally envision Ken Birch listening to Intervention while warming up one day. Like he's got the beats on. <laughs> you're like, what is he listening to? And it's Intervention by Arcade Fire. Just that really sort of, uh, you know, emotional, sad, heavy drum. Like it's just, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the choice there. We are going to move on to the final player on today's list. Ishmael Wainwright, a new addition to the team. Um, I just have like a quick throwaway answer for this one. You have a far more thoughtful oh. answer lined up, I'm sure. What do you got for Ish Wainwright? <laughs> okay, so this was one of the most difficult ones. I'll say like this one and Malachi Flynn and Kyle, mm -hmm. obviously for other reasons, but like these two were the hardest for me. I don't even know sure. if it fits thematically. I just want to think about Ishmael listening to <laughs> Blood Buzz Ohio. I picked Nationals High Violet, which I love that record. And I know like, of national fans will be like that's not the best one like what about boxer and stuff but i don't know i think that i have a personal relationship with that record and mm -hmm. so i was like the only reason i'm giving this record to you is because i love it and i love to give people who i may come to love and respect <laughs> albums that they should listen to so it's it's really the, the answer is not that thoughtful it's more like this is a really powerful record it I just love Matt's voice and I love the way it's constructed and um, maybe Ishmael would like it as well. Like it's really not that thoughtful. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I was even less thoughtful with my selection. I went with transatlanticism by death cab just because he played overseas last year. It has come back over to Canada. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but it's, still like, it's a great record. You're like, listen, it here's is. like yeah. the flimsiest 
reason why you should listen to it, but then you're going to love it when you get to it. <laughs> um, well, that concludes the list we had. I guess we have a, a couple minutes here, Sarah, and I will give you the mm-hmm. floor. I see the Norm Powell jersey in your background. Do you have a Norman yes. Powell album that you've lined up here? Because, uh, of course, he's your fave. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone was more upset by the departure of Norm Powell than you. Uh, as Totally fair. Norm Powell rocks, and uh, we all have our faves. What is the album you have assigned to Norm Powell to prepare for his first full season in Portland? Um, so, like, that always lives there. And I realize that, like, <laughs> as I'm sitting here for this podcast. I'm it does like, look staged, probably, I have to tell it you. It probably yeah. looks like I, I mean, like, the other one that I have is, like, Gary back there. So it's not, like, right. super staged. Um, so I'm giving Norm my favorite record from uh, 2006, which is uh, With Love and Squalor by We Are Scientists. And I guess it's largely because of the song The Great Escape (laughs) and Norm had to leave. (laughs) And um, it's also one of those like high energy uh, records. And I think they're really fun and stupid. I don't know if you've ever been to a We Are Scientists show where I watched any other videos, but they're so over the top. Like watch... Uh, the video for Nobody Move, Nobody Gets Hurt, and The Great Escape. And they're, they're just so, 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 so silly. Um, but really great energy. I love that record. And um, Norm's so serious all the time. He's in the grind. So that's sort of why I gave it to him. It's just like, let loose a little bit. You know, this is perfect music for, like, really getting into that mindset and being in Portland. But, um, yeah, you're right. I took it really hard. I was really upset. I was really <laughs> upset knowing that he was leaving. Yeah. I mean, it seems as though you've come around on Gary Trent Jr., his re- replacement, who we're going to talk about on tomorrow's episode. Yes. Um, yeah, he lo- he's lovely. And I have, a, I have a, a nice pick for him tomorrow. And I think you do as well. I can't. I have to look at your list again. But either way, uh, that's going to bring to an end the first part of this exercise. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And Sarah, thank you for being here. You're going to get the opportunity to do this on tomorrow's podcast that we're recording on Thursday anyway. But where can people find your work and where can people or do you have anything in particular you'd like to plug? Oh, God. Um, you can find me on Twitter, even though I have a private account, but it's Sarah S. McDonald. Or, oh, you put McDonald's on here. Whew. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm a monster. I'm a, I'm a monster. I, I knew that, too, because I spelled your name properly on the actual Chiron. And then, yeah, I'm a fool. Uh, <laughs> I will fix that for the next episode. <laughs> But it's uh, Sarah S. McDonald. Honestly, like I've had Sarah McDonald's travel me, like travel with me my entire like professional life. So like I get mixed up with a bunch of other people. Um, I don't have any particular work that I want to. If you want to look at my portfolio, it's the same Sarah McDonald or sorry Sarah S. McDonald's uh, dot com. And um, the thing that I would love the most is people to listen to these records and just have a lot of feelings. That's what I want. Feelings are really good. Uh, as are um, you know, spelling your guest's Twitter handle correctly. I'll get that right tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back again with this uh, very fun and silly exercise, uh, part two of it, with the rest of the Raptors roster on Friday's podcast. Until then, you can subscribe, rate, review, uh, support the show on YouTube, give us a follow, leave some comments. That's always fun as well. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, go and listen to Locked On Blue Jays as the Blue Jays are, uh, you know, doing something. They're, they won a couple games recently against the White Sox. That's fun. AJ Andrews has you covered over there on Locked On Blue Jays. So go and take a listen. We'll talk to you again on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.